Cleveland Cavalier fans. Thank you for joining joining us for another episode of that of the That's Rather Cavalier podcast as we have a game three recap. The Cavs got smashed tonight. We don't have a lot to talk about, but we got a lot of things we can probably complain about. With me tonight, I got I got the two co-hosts for the of the That's Rather Cavalier podcast, the homie Big G from the Know It All podcast, and the homies on the Steel Curtain Network, FF also FFSN show. Big G, what's up, man? Man, just trying to recover a little bit from this <laughs> catastrophe that just happened in front of my face concerning the knowing, concerning uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers and their loss this evening, man. It was just it was rough to swallow and even harder to watch. But we'll get there, man. We'll get there. It was I, it was it was hard to watch. We agree about that definitely. <clears throat> and we got the we got the homie BP and Pepper Pike. BP is also part of the Cleveland Browns. Fanatical Elves podcast, right? That's right, Fanatical Elves. Yeah, you got it. On, on, on the Cleveland Browns channel, on also another FSSN show. BP, man, this game, man. Could you could you bear watching it? Did you watch the whole game? When'd you when'd you know it wasn't gonna go the Cavs way? Well, that second quarter, you know, to me, you know, I'm looking at the you know, the the first quarter was 17 all. That was like a football game. And then, you know, I mean, the game was ugly. You know, the, the Cavs really didn't show up. The, the moment was too big for them. From, you know, the only guy that really showed up was Donovan Mitchell and maybe Karis LeVert. But, you know, I mean, they were fumbling, bumbling, stumbling. It was ugly. I've never seen, you know, guys' balls go through their hands. It was like it was like a Three Stooges show or something. It was ugly. Mm. I, mm. I, I mean, I'm really disappointed in the team. I don't even... I can't even drill down and blame JB or something like that. This was on the players. Yeah. They, they just had a complete meltdown in front of the whole country. So I'm yeah. pissed off as a Cavs fan, disappointed. And, you know, I don't know if these guys are ready for prime time, but after tonight, I don't, I don't know. Well, yeah, they, they, man, if they, they, they got to get game two if they're going to make it a series again. The game two is right back there at MSG. It is not prime time, but it's, it's a standalone game. It's the one o'clock game on Sunday back in MSG. Um, Big G. Yeah. What's going on, Tate? After that first quarter, it was 17-17. And I knew it was going to be a struggle because both teams were struggling. Correct. In the first quarter. Correct. But New York got off first and started making shots. I think Darius Garland's inability to hit anything yeah. in the first half. Yeah. Was uh was was one of the catalysts of of that of that second quarter. Um. So what you what what you think about the second quarter, Big G? Like because that that like like BP said, that's where the game got away. Well, the like you said, it was a seventeen seventeen in first quarter, but the interesting fact was Darius Garland was one of eight in that first quarter from the field. Man, he couldn't hit the broad side of a barn. With, with three basketballs and a water bottle, you know, so, you know, and a water hose, he couldn't hit, you know, and the issue was, and BP, I, I sort of dig the, the, the take about saying that the moment was just too big. Neither team started off, you know, tremendously hot or just coming out of the gates like firecrackers. But the issue was in the second quarter when the Knicks settled down and settled into the game, the Cavs still continued to struggle. And it wasn't like at that moment, that Donovan Mitchell had made the determination of the decision that he was going to take the game over. He was still trying to get the other guys involved 
because he knew late coming down in the third or the fourth quarter, he was going to have to match the gas. And it seemed like the only guy that even matched his energy a little bit wasn't even LeBert. It was more or less Mobley that matched it a little bit, not so much from scoring, but playing defense and trying to rebound. But the game got away totally because the Knicks started making shots where the Cavs didn't make shots. And that's why I seen the game stretch out in the second quarter. The Knicks did start making shots, man. Darius Garland shot 19% for the game from the field. Man. 19%. Yeah. But uh, I felt like the Cavs just played sloppy. A lot, of, a lot of turnovers in the game. Mm. Um, a lot of, obviously, a lot of points off turnovers. So they they play sloppy. Uh, I feel like I feel like it was too much, too much, too much ISO ball. Yeah. I mean, Karis LeVert got buckets, but it was a lot. Of, I like it wasn't in the flow of the offense. The other night, they were pushing the pace. They were spreading the floor. They were just doing different things, and they're feeding off the the uh, Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse fans energy mm. and obviously tonight you you're going against that huge msg crowd yeah. but yeah they, they they just played stagnant offense the defense wasn't good i can't remember the game i saw one game earlier this season where they just gave up so many threes and i and i feel like i feel like that's what they did tonight mm. you know what i mean they gave up so many threes but yeah so what what did what do you guys think tom Thibodeau and the knicks did to change the outcome of this game from game two. BP, I'll let you answer that first, man, because I got a little view about what Tib did versus what we could have done. To be honest, I don't even, I don't even think this came down to a coaching thing. This was all like, you know, you know, heart and want to. And I mean, the Cavs just weren't ready for the moment. I mean, they, I mean, I've never seen, you know, they missed a ton of shots. Like, like you said, you know, Garland was terrible. As good as he was, you know, the other night, he was, I think he was four for 21 tonight. So, mm. and I was worried yep. about that. You know, I said he was elite in our last post-game wrap, but tonight he wasn't elite. Mm. You know, and he, then he got injured towards the end of the game. He came, luckily, the best part of the game was he came back on the court in the fourth quarter. Cause I, you know, you never know with these guys. Right. The right. best part of the game is he came back that he's not hurt. That he doesn't have some kind of a, you know, you know, major knee problem or ankle problem, but. I was very disappointed with the Cavs performance. I don't even blame this on Thibodeau or JB Bickerstaff. This was the Cavs were terrible tonight. I mean, this was a they couldn't even get this game within six or eight points. Usually, a, you know, the Cavs can get it down. They go on a run. They didn't. Right. They, had, they didn't have a run in them to get this down to a six or eight point game, which in the NBA is almost unheard of because everybody lets you back in the game. Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, I agree with this point. In fact, too, you know, the issue was. The, the Knicks, it wasn't like they shot the lights out. They shot 30.3% from three-point line. They were 10 of 33 and 47% from the field goal range. But the Cavs shot 21.2% from three, from seven from 33, and 31 from 80 for the from the field with the field goal percentage. So it wasn't like, like you're saying, it wasn't necessarily the fact that we were outcoached or outmanned. The issue is that in the NBA, you have to bring the energy in order to sustain and get a win. And tonight, that, I think, was the missing big element for the Cavs. Outside of the horrible shooting, there was no one that brought any energy outside of Darius Garland on the court for a consistent four quarters of play. And that's when we're get, experiencing some growing pains as far as the Cavs is concerned. You know, this is grown-up basketball. We're not playing regular season games where it doesn't matter. 
These games matter, and every moment and every quarter counts. And I think they learned a valuable lesson tonight that moving forward, you have to out-energy your opponent because you guys are similar because that's why you're a four seed and that's why you're a five seed. That's just my take on it. Yeah, man. And um, I felt like I'm looking at the box score now. I also felt like I guess it's not a factor in the 20-point loss, mm. but they, they missed too many free throws. Karis LeVert missed two. Yeah. Jared Allen missed two. Uh, Donovan Mitchell missed one. Garland missed one. Yeah. Like, I mean, those, those – I mean, okay, so maybe Jared Allen misses two. Maybe. He mm. still should hit at least one. But Karis LeVert, Donovan Mitchell, and 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 LeVert, they, they, they can't be – I'm Garland, I mean, they can't be missing free throws like that, man. Mm. The, the Knicks have 14 steals. But really, was it 14 steals? I mean, or was it that there was the Cavs had 20 turnovers? Uh, yeah, more. Yeah, it was more like yeah, that. It was the more Cavs like the had turnovers. 20 turnovers. The Knicks had 14 turnovers. So, mm. and then you know yeah. the Knicks, the Cavs shot 37 percent. The Knicks shot 47 percent. So the Knicks did outshoot us in the regular field goals. Both teams were poor from the three point line, but you know the Knicks made the two. I mean, Jalen Brunson got to guard this guy. I mean, I don't. We're making him look like. Uh, making Jalen Brunson look like a top 20 player of all time. Mm. I'm yeah, he's, very he's, disappointed. He's, yeah. He's out he's out there getting to his spot. I mean, and, you know, the, the Cavs are, you can't just say, well, you know, Jetty Osmond screwed up. He should, every, he's getting by everybody. Anybody that's breathing on, he embarrassed uh, Donovan Mitchell tonight. Donovan Mitchell towards, you know, in the third or fourth quarter said, let let me have some. Let me have my Jason and, and Brunson. So we a five. We put him. We put Donovan Mitchell. Garland had his chance with him, and Jetty Osmond and Levert. Basically, Brunson's roasting everybody on the Cavs. The Cavs should be yeah, blitzing you, you, Brunson you, you, more you with the second. That's what they should be doing. Coming in with a double team. But I don't, this one-on-one -on -one is not working. I don't I don't disagree. You're freezing up a little bit, BP, when you was giving your take right there. Um I think I think you, you do need to double Brunson. Uh, but it has to be has to be a I think a, a big double. I think I think Evan Mobley can come out and help. I like I mean I like Levert starting for his offense, but Okoro didn't play great defense, but Coral now if he's not starting, he got six fouls to come in and give and can get physical with Brunson. Mm. And I think that's what we need him to do. I could see, I could see again. I think we said the other day. I could see Lamar Stevens being a factor in this series. He, I think there's a role for him. He might not hit shots, but he goes going to get in there and battle with with uh, Julius Randle and Mitchell. Mitchell Robinson probably had about five or six offensive boards tonight. Yeah, and that second you know? and third, second and third quarters where it was critical and crucial for sure. Yeah, he had five or six offensive rebounds. But you know thought, the you know the big thing take two was, like I was talking about the energy, look at how R.J. Barrett played in Cleveland. And look at how R.J. Barrett played tonight in, in New York. Total difference in energy as far as bringing it, a professional basketball player, bringing it on the floor. And you know what he huge. is, all right? You know yeah. what R.J. Barrett is? Yeah, yeah. He's a, he, he's the other. Yeah, yeah. He's the other. The home, the home crowd, the, the familiarity with home. Mm -hmm. I mean, he came. He, he he was he was locked in, ready to go today. Yeah, yeah, and that you know? made all the difference in the world. 
all the difference in the world. B, uh, 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 BP, do you think that the energy de definitely affected the game? I think he's froze a little bit. Okay, no, he's got I, it. To be honest, I just think the Cavs weren't up to the challenge tonight. Uh, I think the crowd, they just, you know, the Cavs just didn't cut it. You know, they, they kind of wilted under the pressure. I mean, you know, this is pro sports and uh, they're paid big money, but unfortunately they didn't bring it tonight. Maybe, hopefully they'll bring it on Sunday. But maybe, the, again, this was mm. just like they got smacked in the mouth Saturday night in game one. They bounced back in game mm. two. They got smacked in the mouth tonight. Hopefully they'll bounce back in game four. I, I, I'm not giving up for it. Yeah, for sure. For sure, man. Tate, man. Yeah. So do you feel that, you know, what, what do you think, I guess the question is for both of us, what do you, or all of us, what do you think the Cavs need to do to change this? Well, let you me know? say this. I've seen a comment from B. Dirt about if you're not scoring 100 points, you may as well not even not even play. Mm. I mean, what the thing is, if you hold them under 100 points, you should win. The Cavs, before tonight, the Knicks, I wish the Knicks got 100 points. They got 99 points. Mm. The Cavs were 24-1 and when they hold their points under 100 points. Yes. And there's been a total of – 1,230 regular season games this year in the NBA, and not one team scored under 80 points until the night. Mm. Wow. Wow. 1,231 and one team only gets under 80? Wow. The Cavs, the Cavs are the first team this year to score not score at least 80. Hey, Tate, BP, was they this tonight? <laughs> was they, were they this tonight for the first time we saw it? Or what's, was it what's, just what's, the young? What's, what's the rating scale? For for everybody listening to audio, Big G is holding up his tire fire sign. But I think I probably want him to hold up his dumpster fire sign. Ooh, that's that, that's going all the way to the bottom. Because well, that's what they were tonight. The you don't think that's what they were? Uh, I, dumpster fire me, is when you're tell consistent. Me, tell, me, tell, tell me one good thing that happened for the Cavs tonight. One good thing that they did. That's hard to say. That's even, <laughs> that's hard to say. When Garland came back on the court, that was about the only good news we got. So, yeah. so, so yeah. the best thing they did was somebody coming back from an injury and not really being hurt as bad as what it could have been. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, that's there was I I cannot identify one area where I can say, hey, Cleveland, you guys just need to tighten this up and tighten that up, and and you're going to be better. That 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 wasn't tonight. But the the optimistic viewpoint of this is is that normally in a payoff series, it's going to go back and forth, back and forth. Once you get your egg game out of the way, where you just lay a total egg and you're horrible, you got an opportunity to get the rest of it going. The issue is, which way are the Cavs going to go? Are they going to go, well, we just, we fold and we're done. We're not going to fight. We're not going to scrap. We're not going to bring the energy to win. Or do they say, hey, it's time for us to go. Let's go. And, you know, that's, that's what I think is the big decision over the next 48 hours for the Cleveland Cavaliers. Which Cavs team is going to show up in MSG on Sunday? You know, that's just my thought. So, so BP, what's what, what's your take on what you think the Cavs need to do to, to, to come in on Sunday and win game three? I think what I mentioned before, you know, this is a young team. So it's a learning, this playoffs is a learning experience. I said before the playoffs started, I said it here on the Cleveland radio. I said it with you guys, the Cavs were going to taste adversity in this series. Yeah. 
and, and you know, a lot of people were like, what? What do you mean? You know, they, you know, a lot of people that don't know basketball, that they thought the Cavs were going to blow through this series. I said, no, this is going to be a seven-game series. It's going to be a dogfight, and the Cavs are going to taste adversity. Mm. And that's what we're tasting right now is, you know, an, an ugly loss, 20-point loss. It could have been worse. Yeah. So, again, I'm, I'm optimistic. I, I'm hoping the Cavs learn from this game tonight, bounce back on Sunday. You know, it's an early start. Maybe that'll help them somehow. Maybe maybe they'll be partying in New York late Saturday night, hit a couple of clubs or something. I don't know. But <laughs> what's funny is that uh, I, we, you guys were talking about Mark Jackson back in the day and uh, Patrick Ewing. I was in New York City once when I was at a club called Stringfellows, and Patrick Ewing was there with Mark Jackson. Mm. This is way back in the day. Mm. But it just shows you, you know, that's going back to the history of the Knicks. But – I probably should. Yeah, we 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 both old enough to go back that far. We might be older than you think we are, VP. Yeah, yeah. but just you know, just I'm, a, I'm, it's a fun memory from you know back in the day when people would go to clubs, you know, and it was a fun scene and all that kind of stuff. I think but, I think I think people still do go to clubs. You, we just a little old for that. We probably don't go. I think they still there though. I think so. <laughs> I don't know, yeah. But I'm yeah, sure. I'm gonna go back to to Trent Tucker and Gerald yeah. Wilkins and. All those tight shorts, fellas. Mm-hmm. I go. I'll go back to Roy Sparrow and Bernard King. Roy man. Sparrow, now, that's let's, a good let's, one. You know, let's talk about let's talk about Bernard King's brother, Albert King, Bill Cartwright. You know, let's go back to those days. Trent Tucker for sure. It's yeah. funny you mentioned Bernard King. I think Bernard King was sitting in the front row at tonight's game. Yes, he was. He was La- there. Latrell yeah. Sprewell was there. Allen Houston was there. I saw a bunch of old Nick players that was there. That's funny because. Um, I was watching a game. I forgot what game I was. Oh, it was the championship. It was the UConn championship for college basketball. And they had all the UConn players were at the game, but CBS never showed any of those guys. And, Mm. you know, on Twitter, they had great pictures of like Ray Allen and, you know, all the great, you know, UConn alumni. But CBS never highlighted those great guys. They should have during their telecast because UConn's got great alumni, you know, basketball players. Again, I watched the local Cavs broadcast tonight, but they never showcased any of the, the Knicks, like the legends. They should do that, though. They should honor some of the legends during yeah. these broadcasts. Yeah, well, they 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 showed them on the on, on the national broadcast. They showed Bernard King, Allen Houston, Sprewell was there. Yeah, they yeah. didn't do that. I watched the local, you know, Valley Great Lakes Ohio broadcast. Just right. yeah. I figure I ain't, I'm only going to see them for a few more games this year. Mm. But uh. Before we get ready to wrap up and close out, I want to ask each of you on court. Now, we talked about energy. We talked about bringing the fight and all those things. Mm-hmm. But on court, what can the Cavs do to change the outcome of the night's game for Sunday's 1 o'clock p.m. game? I think they have to go small. I think that they have to move Mobley to five and go small. But go small and big because they have bigger guards. And so I think if they go small and they lock in guards on the perimeter, that will give them a better opportunity to win. I think that Jared Jared Allen hurts the Cavs' position because the Knicks don't have a formidable center. Robinson is all right, but he ain't out there doing big things. So I think that the Cavs go small and go fast, it'll change the complexity of the game. No, I don't. I don't. I don't know that that's his job to do big things. He's just there to play defense and and get offensive boards and putbacks. That's what his job is. Mm-hmm. He's doing a good job. 
Yeah, yeah, for sure. For what, sure. What, 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 what do you think, BP? I mean, I hate to disagree with my man, B, Big G, but I have to disagree because the Cavs are getting killed on the boards. They're getting killed on these loose balls, second chance points. I mean, I would, Jared Allen helped them win game two the other night. True. Block shots. He was getting loose balls, tip-ins, dunks. And Mitchell Robinson's a huge guy. He, he, he makes Jared Allen look small. And then, you know, Drew, and then Hartenstein's coming in and he's doing some damage. He's been effective. Yes, he has. I, I, per, I think the Cavs got to stay with what got them 51 wins during the season. They just got to shoot better. I mean, they got to show up for the game. The shooting was atrocious tonight. And, you know, the offense, everything was bad. And I, <laughs> it was just bad. It was, you know, you have bad games. Hmm. Hopefully right. they can I, bounce back. Because if they go down 3-1, it'll be, it'll be over. Oh, yeah. If they they go down 3-1, it's a wrap. Right. So hopefully they bounce back. But they got to shoot a lot better. They got to execute better. I mean, I never saw so much fumbling the ball and stumbling. And, you know, it was like a freaking, you know, it was like, it was horrible. It was a comedy of errors. I I was embarrassed to be a fan of the Cavs. I mean, I thought it was just, it was terrible. It was really, I I don't know how you guys felt, but I saw Mobley, Levert, their balls were going right through their hands. Missing layup. Garland was throwing up a bunch of junk. I mean, he was like 0 for 6 or 7 to start the game. So. Yeah. Terrible. Yeah he, yeah, he missed bunnies. Straight bunnies. Missing layups. Right at the rim. And Danny so Green, think- Danny Green to me should really, I don't think he should be out there. Danny Green is a, he's not athletic. He, he can't get down on the ground and get a loose ball. There was a couple of like, like scrums where he just didn't even come up with the ball. And I think that hurt the Cavs too. If maybe Osmond was out there or, you know, I don't know, somebody that's a little bit more younger, somebody more athletic, a Coro. I just think Danny Green's minutes are a waste right now. Mm. Uh, no, you you disagree with Big G. I think I disagree there. I think Danny Green hasn't done anything yet. Hit a, hit a, hit a shot the other night, would have hit two, he stepped out of bounds. I don't expect much from him, but he's a he's a he's a piece that that knows the defensive system, they can be in the right place. And I, I feel more comfortable with him spotting up in the corner than I do Okoro and, and Osmond. Not that he should get big minutes, but it's okay for him to come in and get eight to ten minutes, I think. Hmm. Um, I think I think the adjustments need to be made. Garland and Mitchell come out taking a lot of shots, as they should. They're going to carry the offense. But I think they need to come in and try and pound the Knicks down low. Hmm. I think you come in, you try and get Allen going. I mean, you know, the, it's the, the Cavs – the Cavs are staple is that is, is the alley-oop. I mean, Garland and Mobley are like both in the top five, I believe, at one time they were like a, a, a month ago at the most, in dunks. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think I think we get try and get Allen going, you know, do some drive and drop-offs and get them guys going. Mobley has Mo, Mobley's getting to a spot. He has to be more patient, though. He's rushing. Mm-hmm. He's rushing, throw up a hook, throw up a quick little jumper. I mean, I don't know why he's rushing. He's he's at his best when he's when he's illustrating the footwork that he has. Mm. His footwork is impeccable for for a seven foot, twenty one year old big man. Mm. You know, you are saying when he gets offensive rebound, head pump, head fake, steps, pivots, and then gets a dunk. Mm. So I think we need to try and get the bigs going early. Because Donovan, Donovan Mitchell and Darius Garland will get theirs ultimately over the course of the game. Mm. Mm. That's my take and be more physical with Brunson. I'm, yeah. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not letting Brunson beat me. Julius Randle has to beat me. 
Yeah. And and if if RJ Barrett plays like he played tonight, I gotta live with it. Yeah. Yeah. RJ's not going back to back the way he did for sure. And I don't think, and like you said, the guy Randall's gonna implode. There's gonna get to a point to where he's gonna do something and throw the chemistry off of that team. So we just gotta stay. And I, last little point, we gotta stay close. When they make those 8 0 yeah. runs, 10 0 runs, we got to come back with at least a 6 0 or 7 0 run. That's what we that, can't, that, we can't that, let it get out of hand. That's what happened in game one on, on Saturday. Yeah. Yeah. The, um, the Cavs let them get up and they were fighting back the whole game. Yeah. Got the lead late in the fourth quarter. Then I don't know if they if they got tuckered out, they were tired, but they gave up like four or five off the boards in the road. It just changed the course of that game. Yeah. You know? But tonight we blew them out. And tonight they blew us out. So, you know, if, I got a if, point though. You know, to be honest, this is why I was disappointed at the trade deadline when the Cavs didn't pick up anybody significant. I wanted them to pick up Kelly Oubre Jr. or even like Doug McDermott, just somebody you know to help the team. Mm. And they didn't. They didn't improve the team at all. So it's a lot of some of this is on the Cavs too, where they like look at the Knicks. They brought in Josh Hart. You know, a lot, look at the, what the Lakers did at the trade. They brought in four guys. A whole you know what team. I mean? So, yeah. Right. And, you know, believe me, if they bring in all these guys like Hachimura and, you know, D'Angelo Russell, they, they, they'd they be sitting at home right now. Yeah. I think, so, I think, I mean, I, the Cavs. I agree with you. I think, I think, uh, Kobe Altman, though, I think, um, I think he wanted to see what they had this year. I mean, because, you know, mm-hmm. last year, Jared Allen was hurt. When we went to the playing game, uh, I don't believe they didn't have Donovan Mitchell. Nope. Darius Garland wasn't 100 percent at that time, and if he was, he was tired because he was he was a one man offensive show. He had to run everything from you know, far as the distributing and ball handling, yeah, perspective. Mm-hmm. I think they just want to see what they had this year. Mm-hmm. I think this offseason they'll make moves. I think no reason to hold on to Dylan Wendler. Chetty could be a piece that could be gone. I yeah. like Chetty, but if you can get somebody, somebody better than Chetty, with you know a more consistent shooter and a three and D player, then, then that's you why go I mentioned for it. Doug McDermott. Got, Doug McDermott is a forty-two percent career three-point shooter. You know, and he's younger than Danny Green, so you know a guy like that really could have helped off the bench. Where, you know, whatever he's a solid Kelly Oubre Jr. You know, could have been had at the trade deadline. The Cavs didn't pull it. I would love to have had him. You know, yeah, starting I like Kelly like Oubre Jr. Yeah, I like so. so let me let, let me ask you guys before we get out of here a potential just just I've just worked up in my head trade thing. trade for the Cavs this offseason. If the so the Trav the, the Cavs this year can't can't make a trade of any draft pick because the Pacers have their first round draft pick, mm-hmm. but they can trade again in 2024. Mm-hmm. So my question is, if you could trade Jared Allen, Isaac Okoro, and a number one pick for Mikael Bridges to the Brooklyn Nets, would you do that? No. no? Not for Mikael Bridges. No. They'd have to give me Mikael Bridges and they're the guy that plays center for Brooklyn. What's the – Claxton. They'd have to give me Claxton and Bridges and probably somebody else. For I'll Jared Allen and, 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 and Okoro? Yeah. Yeah, okay. they – They'd have, to be and the reason why is it's too it's it's not it doesn't balance out. You're losing all your big, you're, you're losing some of your big and your defense three and D guy to get a but score. And I, I, think, I don't know if that I balances think, them I out. think I think I think I think Evan Mobley at some point is going to pass Jared Allen, as far as being 
the center, the center of the future. Mm-hmm. It might happen as soon as next year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, don't I don't know. know. I, I, to be honest, my opinion, Evan Mobley is really slight. I, I wouldn't. He'll get torched and beat up as the center. I mean, he'll just get bullied by Embiid and Jokic and you know well, all the big Jer- guys. Uh, Jerry Allen don't stop none of them guys. What's that? Jerry yeah. Allen doesn't stop any of those guys. He slows them down a little bit. You know, he <laughs> and Jared Allen has his way with, with most everybody, but with Jared Allen also. But also Kobe remember, Joker. I mean, remember the uh, Brooklyn Nets, they look at Mikel Bridges as the replacement for Kevin Durant. Correct. You know, he's like a poor man's Durant. There's no way they're going to give him up for Jared Allen. And Okoro, yeah, they, they, they probably win. That, that's, that was just hypothetical. I wouldn't know. If, I think I think Mikel Bridges is the kind of piece that unlocks the rest of the team. A true three and three and D guy. He's at the he's top ten defender in the league. Yeah. He hits he hits probably forty percent from three. Yeah. Since he's with the Brooklyn, he's averaging twenty six a game. No, no, Brooklyn probably wouldn't do it. It was just hypothetical and theoretically that would be the kind of guy that we need. Well, every year there's always a couple of teams that break their franchises up as mm-hmm. as the season goes through. You know, you just saw uh, the the Toronto Raptors fire their head coach. Nick Nurse is gone. So I look for the Toronto Raptors to be a tire fire selling for cheap. So there might be a couple, one or two players outside of Scotty Barnes that's available in Toronto. And I look for the New Orleans Pelicans to break it up as well. I don't think the Pelicans is going to stand yeah, put based the, on that the, franchise. The players so we, you want from those teams, probably OG Ananobi from Toronto. Probably. Yeah. probably Pascal Siakam. We could get Pascal Siakam. No, but that's what I'm saying. You can't. Who you want off New Orleans? Because... Because the 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 money's not gonna work. Well, Pascal you're paying Garland, you're paying Mitchell, right? Jared Allen making twenty million a year. Mo- Mobley coming up, they not they gonna pay Mobley. I would right. I would trade Jared Allen. I would trade Jared Allen and 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 a player for a swip for Pascal Siakam. I would Probably do that. that. I mean, it sounds good on paper, but you know, Toronto these guys aren't just gonna hand over all stars for you know what I mean, Jared <laughs> Allen. I mean, I'm just, Pascal you know, I'm Siakam was an all star. Yeah. Well, at one time before he signed with Cleveland, Toronto did have interest in Jared Allen, though. But yeah, mm-hmm. probably not a trade for Pascal Siakam. But yeah. hey, guys, so we're gonna get out of here, man. Um, any any parting shots before we go, Big G? No, nah, not not tonight. I'm just I'm hoping that the Cavs get a good night rest. I'm hoping they get a good night's sleep, and even more than anything, I hope that when they show up at MSG at one o'clock p.m. on Sunday, that they show up with their heart and ready to play some basketball. Okay, what what you got, BP? Uh, I like what B, Big G said there. I mean, I hope the Cavs, you know, got some, uh, you know, cojones and they show up ready to fight because tonight they didn't put up a good fight at all and they didn't do us proud. So, uh, you know, hopefully the guys are ready to go and, you know, Sunday at one o'clock, but they got to shoot a lot better. That's the bottom line is shooting and playing smarter. So hopefully they show up and ready to go Sunday and even up this series at 2-2. Sure. Okay, and I just want to tell everybody thanks for listening to the to the rather that's rather Cavalier podcast on the FSN network sports network of podcasts family network of podcasts. I'm sorry, um, and you can check us out live audio. Well, like us on Facebook, like us on Twitter, like us on tw- TikTok, and li- you 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 can find you can find the audio broadcast. Of all our podcasts on Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, and Google Podcasts. So be be sure to to just, you know, 
subscribe, unsubscribe, or, or download and undownload and download again and follow. Please follow. And if you want to watch this on YouTube, uh, this, this is this is on the Know It All's YouTube channel. That's Rather the Cavalier Podcast. But until next time, for Big G, for BP and Pepper Pike, we out. Peace.